What's up, everybody? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. I don't know when you're listening to this, but whatever time of day it is. Hello. <laughs> My name is Carl Markowski, and you are listening to the Playing On Podcast. Thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by me, myself, and I. I'm bringing you this episode. Uh, I'm not involving any sponsors in this episode uh, just because I, I want to let you guys know that you know, I've had some people say, oh, you got to cut out the sponsors, and then some people say it's a good idea, and then some people say, well, you should do the podcast this way, and then others said you should do the podcast that way, and, you know, doing this thing, this whole adventure so far, and I've only been doing it for, what, half the year this year, um, but it's been a very cool experience, and it's been a very stressful, uh, stressful experience as well, and you can't... It sucks. You, you can't please everybody. You know, I, I do my best to, to you know, put out paintball content, to keep sponsors happy, to keep, you know, even on both ends, it's tough. You, you know, pro paintball, you, you're living by all these guidelines. And there's, uh, there's never really any contractual agreements anywhere. I mean, there might be on bigger pro teams, uh, because they're getting paid, but the average professional paintball player, there's no contractual agreements. It's all, you know, verbal. He said, she said, and, you know, you're, you're always under the microscope on everything. And even, even this in particular, you know, I, I think I've been doing a, a fairly decent job. I've been trying to, uh, you know, trying to get you guys out some great content. And at the same time, I'm trying to support myself. And that's why, I have sponsors in the beginning of the podcast. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, they help me out. And it's it's advertising. And it's it's help. It's all community stuff, man. Paintball is based on community. Like, we, we're there together. Whether we know each other or not, we're all on the same playing field, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, but we all have something in common. And we all like to help each other. And that's what this comes down to, and I, I really hope everybody understands and, and that this is this is what it is, and I'm, you know, I, I can do this with or without sponsors, but because we help each other out, I can do it with sponsors, and I'm, I'm very very grateful for that. So, um, you know, that's why I do it, and I'm I just I do this a certain way, and I'm sure I'll change things here or there, but uh, but this is just kind of how I do this, and. You know, I hope everybody understands, and you know, I don't. I hope I don't listen to viewers, or, or uh, I hope I don't lose viewers or listeners over this. And if you skip over the ads or whatnot, I mean, that's fine. That's you're the listener. You're in, you're in control. But you know that this is how I'm trying to format the show and how I can bring you guys this content. So, you know, I, I appreciate. All of you listening, I appreciate all the sponsors, and I appreciate everybody that has approached me. So I don't want you to think that your voice hasn't gone unheard, um, because it hasn't. You know, I, I take in as much, you know, advice and, um, you know, just everything as possible, and uh, I can only do so much. So uh, that's that's me rambling in the beginning. But uh, this podcast is just uh, my buddy Mark and I. We're just kind of sitting down talking about Atlantic City, um, pros and cons of the event, a uh, little bit of gameplay, uh, and then we 
talk about 10 man a little bit and just paintball in general. I kind of like doing these with them just because him and I, we can talk paintball for a while. You know, we can sit down for an hour and, and talk paintball. Uh, after an event or something. I think I'm going to kind of make that an, a normal, regular thing is sit down with him afterwards, after an event, and talk about how the event went, how his side of the event went because he's divisional, how my side of the the event went because I'm a professional uh, player. So because I'm a professional player. <laughs> uh, I need some more tea, man. Mm. Oh, we have fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's it's content. It's, it's maybe stuff that you... You guys have conversations with amongst yourselves or, you know, uh, you know, with other players or whatever, but we like to do it on here. So, um, all right, enough of my rambling. This is uh, this podcast with Mark and I. Hope you guys enjoy. So how far out are we from Atlantic City now? What, two weeks? Two this will be the third weekend. This will be yeah. the third weekend? Yeah. So it's played, been a while already. Played Atlantic but City, I'm, had a weekend off, then MSXL in Columbus yeah. this past weekend. So, I mean, we can still talk about it. Absolutely. It's it was, a recap. I thought it was a pretty good event. It was somewhere different, at least for me. I've never been there. I have never been there either. I wasn't crazy about like where we had to stay and... It's kind of crowded. Yeah, but that's all your problems. All valet. Yeah, the event itself. I think. I think. Well, I thought really it was nice. cool. Like as far as the venue and the location, as for, like looking around, because mm-hmm. you turn around and you're surrounded like by this bay, and then you have the skyline right there in the background, and the yeah. weather wasn't bad at all, except for rain what was it? Day. It was like all three mornings, or is it just two of the mornings? Two of the mornings, it just poured down rain. Friday and Saturday morning. Yeah. I played afternoon games both days, so I didn't have to worry about it. It was pretty crazy. I remember one morning, it was like almost sideways rain for 15 minutes, and then just stopped and cleared up like nothing was happening. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. I mean, I would rather not go back to Atlantic City, but if that's an option, I I mean, it's it's somewhere new. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, we went around. Everything's expensive there. Well, it's... Wasn't that built up before Vegas, or was that after Vegas? Or is it called Little Vegas? I'm sure definitely after Vegas. Yeah. It's Vegas of, like, the east. Mm -hmm. They build it for all the people in New York to can drive there. I've never really heard anybody go, well, I'm going to go to Atlantic City. It's always I'm going to Vegas. I've never heard of that. My dad's been there one time, and that was because they took him out there for business dinner when they were in meetings in Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. They drove out there for the evening and went to dinner at Morton's and Hmm. We had a, a I wouldn't I would say a decent event. I I feel like we definitely underperformed and uh kind of dropped the ball a few uh, a few times. Ooh. <laughs> what do you got there? <laughs> it's, a, it's a diet Pepsi. Mm. One of the little guys, too. <laughs> Don't want to overdo it. Yeah, this is a... Uh, seven and a half seven ounce. Seven and a half ounce. Yeah. 21 milligrams of caffeine. In Cold. Guy. Aspartame free. Just dripping with condensation. Mm. Yeah. You talk about... But yeah, I was... Uh, the event. As far as Aftershock goes, like, I thought we did pretty good. I mean, I we dropped the ball against Tampa Bay Damage. AC gave us a game, uh, and they pretty much just outplayed us. AC gave us a game, and 
yeah. Let's see who else we played. Did you play the Outlaws? Played Outlaws. Yeah. Had a pretty good game against them. And then we played uh, Uprising for like the hundredth time this year and lost to them in overtime. So we had two overtime games, which could have, if if it would have went the other way, we would have been three and one and playing on Sunday. Well, uh, AC Dallas went three on three and one and they ended up not playing on Sunday. And didn't make it. Yeah. It's the way it shakes out with a cross bracket game and everything else. I guess that's how it works. Is there a solution to that? Is there a solution to, to where you, I mean, three and one, if, if, if you talk to a team and they go three and one, you're expecting to play on Sunday. I mean, dropping, dropping one game and not playing on Sunday, that just. I think if you eliminate the cross bracket game, then you, there's no way to go three and one in your bracket and not be the top seed, I don't think. So why do. I guess. How, does it, how does it turn out where you have to play one team out of bracket? Why not just do a bracket of four teams? I'm not sure why they do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, well, they do. They do brackets of four, but then you play one out of bracket game every event. But why? I don't know. I don't know why. They, and they only do it in the pro. It's not that they don't do it in the divisional. Is it because of the draw? Yeah, it's something to do with that draw. I'm not 100% how it works. But even if they, I, I don't think I've watched one, but even with the draw, I feel like that you, you draw your first tier, right? No, no, no. First tier is placing. First, second, third, fourth. Yeah. Right. And then you draw placing after that. But And then you should just play those three those four teams in your bracket. You should you should well, that's why they do fourteen brackets. So you need you need a fourth game. And that's your out of bracket game. And then take the top two from each bracket, moves on. Right? So quarterfinals. Well so wait, why why does it have to be a fourth game when you're gonna have one, two, three. You don't have three. Well, then games. you you can't play yourself, I guess. Yeah. So you gotta have th- you have to have an out of bracket game. I don't know how they determine how you play that or who you play, but do you know the solution somehow. to that? You add four more pro teams, and then you play four games. You don't have to play an out of bracket game. No. And, and the top two from every, top two move on, and then top, twenty teams. Someone's gotta get a buy. Twenty teams sounds better than. 16 teams, right? Need higher payouts. 20 top pro teams. Come, converge on Atlantic City. Not New the Jersey. 16 pro teams. I don't know, maybe. It's got a little better ring. I see where you're going with it. You see where I'm going you with it? you got potential <laughs> with this. Try to sell it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would, would that not eliminate that whole debacle of dealing with it, something yeah, like it that? It couldn't happen then. I mean, you. I don't think, I don't think there's any way... A team could go four and zero, and you could go three and one. You'd still be the second seed in the bracket. You'd move on for sure. Do you think adding four teams to a pro bracket would be? I mean, making it twenty teams. Do you think that would be? Uh... Are there four team? Are there four more teams that are ready to be there, play at that level? Who or comes does the plays? scheduling? Does the scheduling can it handle? Uh, how many more? What would that be? Four more games then added to a day? Yeah. I think. I don't know. I'm not doing the math. At least. Because you play two days. Yeah, because each because there would be two more matches each day. It had 16 matches. It had eight more matches in prelims. I'm not going to try and do the math because I'm not at work. Four more teams are going to play four more matches. 
That's 16 matches total. Therefore, that's eight more a day in prelims. Yeah. Good job. I'm not. I don't math. even know if you're right, but I'm just math assuming. hard. <laughs> I might be right. I might math be wrong. hard. But so, what'd you think of the venue as far as like the uh, the trade show area? I thought it was good. I mean, it was it was it was condensed. I think it was a little better to get to the event. I know one of the big complaints always like, let's get can we get to the fields and play? At Texas was great. You could walk right in and go play, and mm-hmm. seemed pretty good at Atlantic City like that. The only thing that was awful was. For the people that did get knocked out and didn't get to play on Sunday that wanted to play 10-man and defend their championship, the paint was like – I was tired the mm-hmm. f- for first walk to get paint. I didn't want to play anymore. It was pretty – it was a long that distance was like to 10-man field. a long way out there. I remember just going back and forth to watch you guys. To bring like, you Philly cheesesteaks. I was like, man, which were awesome. good, by and, the way. And a Very good. And a fruit cup. Those fruit, The fruit lady was awesome. Yeah, she gave me a free fruit cup. It's probably out to date. Maybe. Oh, well, it tasted <laughs> it good. Probably... I ate it. <laughs> it was good, man. It was... Uh, yeah, that that was pretty far away. But, I mean, there was... That's the best they could do, though, because if you look at the aerial, that's the way the that's a, it was a runway, runway yeah. and the taxiway was there. And that's just... That was the best they could do and squeak in that field. Because they had to have it, but mm-hmm. if less teams were to sign up... I know they had a ton of teams, so... With all those teams, they needed all those divisional fields. How many was there? Six well, divisional fields, seven divisional fields. I think I heard something like this was the second biggest event, that uh, or something. There's a lot of teams. I, I don't know the, yeah. the, you know, what the statistic is exactly, but I heard it was like one, one of the top end events as far as teams go who've signed up and played. Yeah, I saw somewhere that was definitely the largest third event of the year ever mm-hmm. we've ever had. Do you think we'd go back next year? I think they probably would. I'm guessing because one, I'm guessing the cost to use that venue is very low, so they definitely people like that. Yeah. Because it's just a just a chunk of dirt that lays there. It's it's just junk ground, really. When you think about it, nothing nothing happens there. Yeah. I, I saw some people post that there was like they were finding like chunks of asphalt or something on the. There field was chunks of glass on the ten man field and in the pits, which is that's a little sketchy. Yeah, but uh, I mean, because it's gonna be hard though. Like, do they? Does the NXL comb through every single field and try and pick up every single stone? And I know glass and all that is is different, but if you're actually looking for it, it's well, like... What they did is they just went out there with a brush hog and chopped it all down. And then yeah. like, here's your 10-man field, and there's glass and the tape out of a cassette. It's Atlantic later. City, man. What do you expect? Yeah, it's Atlantic City. It's a sketchy neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean... You went to the... The boardwalk's pretty cool, though. We went down to the boardwalk for breakfast one morning and went down there a couple times. Went I didn't know you for, went for breakfast. I just thought you went for that night out. We went for Dunkin' Donuts because my hotel was right there. We were we only like three blocks from it. Oh, shit. And then we'd walk down there. We went down there for Dunkin' Donuts one morning, which was good. It was like the cheapest breakfast I had because the $15 breakfast in the hotel was awful. Mm. And we walked down there the next morning, but then we went and ate down there two different nights. No. One night we ate on the boardwalk. The other night we ate over by Caesars at some little hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Then went to Caesars. Was that the same night where you were like... That was the start of that night. You were just... Yeah. Wee. All I had to do was play 10-man. It was cool, though. That, that, that boardwalk, I've never been to it. I've, I've seen a bunch of pictures and whatnot. And, uh, it was really cool. I would have loved to see it in the daytime. Would have seen it in the daytime. At night, it's so crazy though. I forget who I was talking to this about, but 
it's just so black. Like when you're on the boardwalk and you look towards the ocean, yeah, and it's so pitch black, and then you realize that. <laughs> Where you're looking from there, that the ocean next, is filled yeah. with. If you go if you go east from there, I'm not I'm not a geography major, but if you go east from there, the next thing you hit is probably like Spain. There's no islands. There's nothing. No. That's just, just water. For I a think, long, I think Joe Rogan said monster soup way is what it. Uh, yeah, that's why it looks dark because there's no lights for a long, long way mm. to the east. It was just I kind of just stood there and took it all in, like Jesus, dude. That's like that's no joke. Like I I don't mind being on the water. I don't mind going in the water. I don't mind being on the water. But dude, the ocean is huge, and I I, I don't know how I would do. Like I've never been on in the middle of the ocean, so I'm I'm just kind of saying this. Where you as, couldn't see land in any direction. Yeah, like as far as the lake goes. Yeah, it's, that's a little different, right? You can go out in the lake. You can kind of still see. You know, around you, some kind of you can get to the point in Lake Erie where you can. If you go out off of Cleveland, where we, sometimes where we walleye fish, you can't. You're you're far like enough out? far enough from both shores that you can't see the shoreline. But still, I mean, there's the, the general the lake itself in any of those areas. If I drive most south, I know time, it's only 14 miles. Right. Like most of the time, lake. you're going to see land in the yeah. lake, right? But I couldn't imagine being in the middle of the ocean and not seeing anything. You're just in a boat. Yeah, and now imagine it. You're doing it today on a what? Eight. Let's say you're on a eight hundred huge eight hundred foot freighter, right? With top state of the art navigation and everything. Could you imagine being Christopher Columbus in a with nothing? No. <laughs> That's why he ended up here and thought he was in India. Do you think it was him who discovered? Probably not. The no. Americas. Maybe maybe the first European, but then who knows? Because he didn't even know where he was. He didn't have a clue. I don't know. I wasn't there. I uh, I was, yeah. It was a little <laughs> little before me. But what was it fourteen ninety two? Columbus child. sailed the ocean blue. Not true. I was just trying to rhyme. But see, he doesn't even know where he was. So, dude, how does it? What's it say? How that, precise were the instruments back then, though? You think? That there looks like the North Star. Let's keep going left. What was that crazy compass-looking thing that they used to use? I don't had, know. Like, exactly uh, you know called. what I'm talking about, yeah, though, Yeah, I right? know exactly what you're talking about. Which people probably like. It's this, you big dummy. You big dummy. You big you yeah. big dummy. If you know the answer to that, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Where were we? We were talking about Atlantic City. Atlantic City. We were on the boardwalk. Yeah, the boardwalk. Looking out over the ocean. But it's very cool. Yeah. Um, we had a great, I, I had a great time... Especially, I mean, Saturday night, we, you know, we definitely didn't, we didn't play X-Ball even close to our capability, obviously. And uh, so we weren't playing Sunday, I was just playing 10-man, so we went out and had a good time. Did you go back and watch the the Russian Legion game against uh, Tampa Bay Damage? That was the finals game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it. That was good. Dude, the Russian, they're no, they work, man. They work. Yeah, they practice a lot, and I mean, everybody... Anybody that plays on the top level practice going to practice a lot. They practice more than we do. I mean, we practice. We get four days on the layout. Yeah. The two weekends before, those teams get a lot more than four days. It was cool though because I was uh, Saturday after our Saturday games, and we we you know we knew that we were knocked out or whatever. I was I had the opportunity to go up and and uh, commentate 
on the webcast. Yeah. And I was able to see the game in a different light that I never really, you know, seen before. Elevated, <laughs> you know, above the field. But um, I watched a game. Excuse me. Um, I commentated, like, I think, like, two or three games or something like that. But there was, was a Houston Heat. It was a Houston Heat Russians game, I think. And when I, when I was watching that, I was like, man, they're just, they're just on point. They're just on point. I felt like Heat could have done a few things differently. But uh, Brennikoff was just, he was doing everything right. I think he was playing the right position. I kind of, I, I knew where he was coming from, too, because I was playing the exact position he was playing. He was playing that little Dorito by the snake. And then he would dump into the snake and then just go to work. And... I was like, I, I was telling everybody, I was like, man, that's, I, I'm telling you, that is what you need to do to to win the tournament. I feel like, I feel like that's what he did. I mean, I didn't watch all of the finals match, but at least the prelim games that I saw from them, he was doing that consistently, and they were consistently being alive on the Dorito side. Which and, is important. Yeah, which is important. <laughs> so it's... And that's the thing, right? You, you, there's usually a strong side on the field, and then the other side needs to be consistently alive, right? Because you can't just keep trying to turn the field the whole time. It's yeah. not going to work. You bring around the rosy with them around the center of the field. And... Yeah, exactly. And and eventually, you know, whatever side it is that's strong, and if you keep getting if you keep getting shot on the one side, you're going to stand up and realize, what the hell, man? You got to stay alive. Yeah. What was the three? What was that thing you heard? It was a three. It was live, live, talk, shoot. Who said that? In that order. Was it a? I don't know. A team down at the MSXL. It was right? at MSXL. I heard somebody say that, and it's perfect when you think about it. If you think about your priorities, first thing you do is let's get to your bunker and live, then talk, let people know what you saw, yeah, and then shoot your gun. I think too many people shoot talk and live as a third priority and then get shot out of their bunker right and i mean we've all been shot out of our bunker like that's you, you'll never avoid you'll never avoid that completely it's going to happen guy gets a drop on you you think you can gunfight with somebody you get shot like right that's what's going to happen well and i think everything's kind of based off of that generalization right but you can kind of you you can kind of take it a few different ways as in, you can do one before the other, I, th I feel. Yeah, you can do them simultaneously. Like, talk and shoot, live and talk. There's a lot of things you can do. So, what do you think, as far as... Let's talk about the MSXL a little bit. Okay. Uh, do you see more tournaments coming down to uh, level up? More than MSXL. I, I mean, I really don't know the other leagues that I don't, are I don't know what else around here. there really is that would run anything on a scale like that. I mean, I know um, I know Joe, the Lone Wolf, they run that series with the Northern Extreme, Northern Extreme Paintball League. And I know he ran them all between him and Lone Wolf and Crew last year. Mm -hmm. And now they added Blast Camp, which is over by Chicago somewhere in Indiana. I'm not 100% sure where. Somewhere like northwestern Indiana, I believe. Yeah. And, I mean, that's something that they could even 
he could try to branch an event down to level up possibly. I saw a post today that the MSXL was said, you know, we had a shared Dave's picture and said, hey, thanks for, you know, the great event and look forward to next year already. And that's that's awesome. So I, th- I think I think you know, one Dave Pando did an excellent job with when Mother Nature throws you the curveball and gives you six inches of rain the night before. What do you? See, what do that's you do? Tough, though, because that's 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 not painful. on him. That's painful. That's like like flying to Atlantic City. We were mad, mad, mad that we sat in the airport for seven extra hours, but that was nobody's fault. You right. know, the weather is the weather. Did we maybe get delayed a little bit because they didn't have a pilot? Yeah, but that's because of the weather, and he wasn't there. I think that's what we need, though. I, I feel like that's what paintball needs is more regional tournaments like that, like yeah. smaller, you know, smaller affiliate leagues going around, uh, you know, Cost hosting effective. these tournaments because you can't you can't rely on just one field, your host field, you know, hosting all these tournaments all the time. It's got to be some kind of you know. Something to to create that national event feel and build teams up to eventually play national. I mean, look at there's only five events, five events a year. Yeah. That's it. And I got to I got to fly to four of them. That's crazy to me. I I feel like I feel like there should be an event, at least in the season. I feel like there should be at least seven, eight events in a year. But then, but it's it gets expensive. It's, it's expensive. One. Uh, two, that's going to kind of put a bind, at least on the U.S. teams going over the seas, going over the seas, going overseas over to the play sea. over the seas to play Millennium. Yeah. Or. Because they obviously make sure those schedules work. The NXL and the Millennium, make, they obviously talk and make sure their schedules work. But then you get these guys that they're in South America and they're over in Asia playing. I mean, it's nonstop. Some of these guys that. You know, like my friends on Facebook, like they're all over the place. Like yeah. Tim, Tim's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every, every day. It's like, here, this starts five weeks of paintball travel. Do you think five events a year is sufficient? I think for all of the divisional teams, for sure. Like, I mean, it's expensive. Atlantic City was expensive for us. I guess that's the question, too, is like, where do you, where does pro paintball go? Or, I mean, because everybody's dream, right, is to play professional paintball. Yeah. At least, I mean, it was for sure mine when I first started playing. I feel like if it's not, you're playing for the wrong reasons. You're like, playing, do you not want to move up? Like, I mean, Obviously, everybody wants to have fun. But I think anybody who's competitive and wants to play the game to the utmost top of their abilities eventually wants to turn pro someday. Play the highest level they can, at least. And... You know? I guess that's what it all comes down to is the whole money aspect because I I feel like there should be more events around the world where professionals play. But I, I kind of talked about this a little bit with Bruno. It's like do you have events where it's pro only where you just have you just have the pros playing. There's no trade show, no nothing like that. It's just it's just an event where you go and you watch. And it's just teams playing. There's no vendor area. There's no nothing like that. Some trailers, obviously, for paint and you know whatever. Are people going to travel though to come to that? I'm not. I'm not going to. So, right. Are, I mean, who's gonna who is going to travel to this like pro only game? Because you have to build it up. Like you think it's not NFL football. You know, yeah. people come from all over the place and they sell out every game. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, unless they're the Cleveland Browns. Then right, they give t- give tickets away to fill it up. But it's one of those things where 
you know, you go to any of these big teams, they it's it's so it's huge, and they can. I don't know what like where my thought kind of they can they can promote it and they can justify it, but I can I mean are well, you going to get enough people logistics there? is what you're trying to figure out, and that's yeah. that's the thing. It's you're going to spend NXL's going to spend twenty grand setting up a field and bleachers and all this stuff in a location to play paintball, but then but it's going to be less expensive. Who's well, gonna, the income? I mean, how do you go everything's sports getting paid it? for? I mean, that's you're gonna, the thing. You know, Go Sports is going to broadcast it. People are right. going to pay for Go Sports. People are going to pay for ads on Go Sports. Like the NXL is obviously getting a cut of that back at some of some kind. That's the way television deals work. Would okay. Then let's let's look at it this way. Would there be or would teams still travel to events that did not have professional matches? Yeah, I didn't watch a single pro match in Texas or Atlantic City. Mostly because it costs me money as a player that's already there spending. Because you're there to play your tournament. Yeah. Right. I would go watch pro games if they would let me in and watch with my ID and all the money I'm already spending with the NXL. Mm-hmm. For me, they want forty more dollars for me to be able to go into the grandstands and watch a couple pro games if I have time. I'm not paying forty bucks to go watch. That's me. Right. I think you. If I have an, if I have a player ID and a player sticker from that event. I should be able to get into the grandstand and watch. That's my thought. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to get in the VIP, I charge them VIP price. That's fine. But if I wanted to walk over there, like I had, I had a time I was at the field on Friday morning, like you guys were playing, like I could have come over and watch, but I wasn't paying forty dollars to come watch two matches. Yeah, that's just what I was doing. So your guys' player packets don't come with grandstands. No. no. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The NXL should, they, if they revisited that and looked at, but then you got to think about how many potential people could be in the stands. Then that's a lot of players that are going to have stickers from that event. Mm-hmm. How many? How many unique players? I'd love to know the number. How many unique players were at Atlantic City? Because at MSXL this week, I think Pando said it was like I was around a thousand players between the two days, different like unique IDs playing. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah, on. A thirty-acre farm in Grove City, Ohio, but hey, they made it work. Yeah, yeah, I think it was kind of cool though the, the way it was all set up. And I was I was fortunate enough to go down there, I set up a carbon booth and everything. And I was I was able to 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 watch the the tournament scene, if you will, uh, from kind of a different perspective. And you know, I would have liked to watch games more. I would have liked to you know looked at the field a little bit and maybe give you guys a little bit of pointers. Not that you needed it because you won, but uh, barely. But everybody starts somewhere, right? And and a lot of those teams, what I heard it was like D six is what it went to. There was like D beginner, yeah, yeah. young guns three man, which is like beginner no rank D six, and then they had D five, race to three, and then D. Four race to four, D four five man, which is just your best two out of three deal, like they do, mm-hmm. and then D three race to three race to four, which is what we played. Yeah, I was supposed to play. I coached because you busted yourself. Busted myself. I'm on the disabled list currently. Was that ankle injury? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, because you played uh, volleyball. Yeah, big tree, fall hard. You jump too high. The higher you jump, the faster you get going back toward the earth. You hit the earth harder. And, yeah, my ankle didn't like what happened. So, I mean, how did you – did you just land goofy? I landed in a – Were your, toe, your, like, your toes kind of pointed up, and when no, you landed, you a, rolled it? It's an edge where they, they till the sand courts. And oh, it was on edge. sand? Yeah. Oh. And there's an edge where underneath the officiating stand – where it doesn't get tilled and it kind of caught that untilled versus tilled edge and and yeah. and down went Frazier. Yeah, down went Frazier's right. Frazier yeah. hard. Do you think this podcast would still work if I had like a uh, a speech impediment? <laughs> like a lisp, <laughs> like a lisp. Like okay, serious question. Shoot. <laughs> Or like I, or what about like, an accent? Like an accent. I'm sure with an accent it would work just fine. Do I think if you get you, <laughs> where were we? We're getting way too off track. Friend from Russia. We're getting too off track. Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back to the MS, MX, MS, XL. MSXL Mid South X Ball League. First event I believe was down mid South. Mid South. So how north do you go here? For sure. That's pretty north, right? So I believe it was... Any more north and you're in Michigan, and then any more north than that, and you're in Canada. A. I believe they did an event in Georgia, then Nashville, then... then St. Louis? Either... I think the last one's in St. Louis. It's like right on this side of the river. It's actually like in Illinois, but... How far is that? It's like six hours, right? I think it's like eight from here. Ooh. Yeah. But still when you think about it, that's a that I is was a thinking drivable, about going. That's a drivable drive. <laughs> like for me, I hate driving. You know I hate driving. I know, I hate driving too. Like I could deal with it. Like I probably would fly. That's just me. But you know, they run the events and the thing is they're more they're they are more affordable. You play an entire NXL event in one day. We played seven matches on Sunday. That's a lot of paintball. That's a lot of paintball. I feel like I saw maybe five points of yours. Were they the end five? Because the morning four matches were not pretty. Well, I yeah, I didn't get there until like ten thirty. We uh yeah, we definitely struggled in the morning. Went two and two and just barely made it in. But when you bear I I had all the guys together and I told them, I said Guys, we honestly, the way we played this morning, we don't even deserve to be in the, moving on. Mm. But we're getting lucky. We're moving on. We're going to switch this up, and it's it's go time. Pretend it's a new tournament now, but it's win or go home So at this point. so And they all stepped up, and we kind of found something that was working for us and found a line that was killing it, and we just kept we just kept spinning them. And what do you think about coaching? Winning. It can be stressful. It? What? Do you enjoy it? I think I did enjoy it. I don't think you it was. Think you did. I don't think it was too bad. the 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 hard thing about coaching is the players have to respect the coach and the coach's decision, and it can't be why. Well, why we should do this? We should do this. If the coach calls a line, that line plays. If a coach calls a play, that play goes. Like you can't. Well, it helps you a lot taller. Than every single person. You can't have. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't. We should do that. We should do that. If everyone's got an opinion, that's fine. But not during the game. Not when you have two minutes to get back on the field and play the next point. Mm. It's it just doesn't work that way. So I mean, it wasn't bad. I like the we kind of got it dialed in at the end, and I was pretty much 
we were honestly pretty much running the same play. They couldn't stop us. We were just blowing them off the field at the pretty much. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it felt so we were getting good kills on the break. We kept shooting the same lanes, kept basically running the same play, which I'm I'm so against. I I, I like being dynamic even when you're up. Mm-hmm. And cuz they don't know what what they're gonna, like we played a team and our scouting report told me that I looked down at my book and I'm like yeah, they don't do the same thing ever. So that was our issue against Uprising when we played them on Sunday, is that we were back and forth with them, but every time that we just played straight up, like, they would beat us. And they, they came back. I think we were actually ahead of them, like, 3-1, maybe even 4-1. I think we were 4-1 on them. And then we just started, for some reason, I don't know if we were playing complacent or what, but we just started playing and he- playing them heads up and just getting beat, getting beat getting beat and getting beat and i think that is why we or why bruno and, and all of us had you know a, a small say in, in the last play in overtime but i think that's why we decided to go the unconventional route of sending lj up to that you know that 50 that little 50 wing next to the x that's why we decided to have me shoot off the break and go from snake side to d2 you know it was doable but we were trying to think of something to kind of throw them off their, you know, off well, they their wheels. Know going they go, oh. But we didn't shoot any of them off the break. They all made their primaries. And I think we got, two of us got shot, I think, off the break or something. And then uh, they just started coming down the field. But it's it's kind of one of those things where you don't want to be repetitive. So we didn't want to be repetitive at that time because they were beating us heads up. So we decided to try and change it up. But... Sometimes it doesn't work. Doesn't work, but sometimes it does. And sometimes you know? it does. So we were, you lose it, and it's all your fault. You know, you win it, and it's you did a great job. Yeah, that's such a that's a tough position though. It, it's just like even like we were just talking about coaching. If if you were to make a call that everybody thought was kind of gutsy, let's say high risk, if it works, you're coach of the year. If it doesn't work. It's all your fault because you made that decision. Yeah. It's such a tough position to be in. I mean, I can understand why, you know, why Bruno goes crazy and why why Todd goes crazy and why there's there's so – well, there's there's also so many variables in paintball and what could happen and what could go wrong or what calls should be called or what calls shouldn't be called. I mean, you're standing on the sideline and you see it all and you can't – And it's easy to do from that too. React from the sideline until the point's over and then mm-hmm. you go ask the ref for clarification and their answer is something totally obscure. I mean, this is what I dealt with in the prelims. Their answer is like obscure and goes completely against what the rules are. And, and like, we've we and we've and talked about this before. I don't know if I talked to you about this, but we talked about this before where and the refs have been on the field since 8 a.m. and yeah. this is their second to last game. And, you know, not saying that they're, anything's taken away from them or, or to, you know, to ease up on them because they've been, I mean, it's their job. They know what they're, you know, what they're getting into. But at the same time, it's like, there's just, there's a ton of things that go into it. Well, like I was, I was told by Little Bird, I don't know how true it was, but they were told at the MSXL to be more lenient and not so too many flags that were getting thrown the last event and this and that. And then I'm watching... Like, I watched this guy get three lives, and I'm, like, flipping out after this point's over. And because one of our guys shot him up pretty good when he finally came out, and then they called a penalty on mm-hmm. him. And I went over there, and I asked the ref, and, you know, kind of told him, I said, you're setting a bad precedence 
for these players, these younger players that are out here competing on a regional level, maybe, and because they're going to step up and go to a big boy event, and they're going to get a penalty for that. This guy got shot in the hand, then got shot in the loader, then got shot in the pod as he was reloading over top of the wing, and then finally called they called him. They called him out, and I was like, I watched. I was told that by the head ref on our field that the player was allowed to finish his run. And he ran through, like, at the W, traded, and then ran up to the bunker, uh, the next bunker up the Dakota, the Tall Maya, and then stopped in it and was, like, asking for a check. And I was like, no, you don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was the – I saw a lot of things that just went – not so much, like, bad calls, but calls not made that needed to be made. I think there should be more penalties up at the X or the W. I keep saying X. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I saw in our in our finals match – I was watching, and it's easy to see when you're watching from the sideline, but there's no reason the officials wouldn't see this. I watched, we doubled up on a lane because we knew where the guy was trying, was going to try and was trying to run and gun. Mm -hmm. We double up on this lane. He runs out into it. He's halfway to the Dorito corner, takes two balls, pop, pop. I see him break from the pit on the other side of the field. Allegedly. They broke. (laughs) He runs, (laughs) finishes the run, shooting all the way to the bunker, slides in. As the ref is signaling him out, and he comes out finally once he gets to the bunker, and it's like that's a major. Like yeah. you, he one hundred percent felt those hits. One was like in the shoulder, the other one was in the side. But at an NXL event, I don't care if you're in D two at an NXL event, you're getting a penalty doing that. Mm-hmm. In the pros, you're definitely getting a penalty doing that. I remember I got bitched at. I forget what game it was, but I got bitched at for. For like they were they were saying that I was diving on hits and and pointing in different areas. I was like that. I went back to that exact same play that the ref came up to me afterwards. I went back to that same play. The camera was even on me, and I literally dive in, point at my ass because I got shot like in the back of my thigh. So I'm like pointing at my ass area, you know, and then it broke. So I called myself out. Where I get called out, and I'm walking out, and then after that point was played, a ref comes running over from the side field, and he's like, you're getting a warning for uh, for throwing you know, hits into bunkers and, and pointing at different areas. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I just pointed at where I got shot I pointed shot at my at. butt, and there was a hit because I couldn't see it. And there was and a hit, so I don't, know, I don't know what he was talking about, and I just went back and watched it. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I like it, though, that they are... They're they're trying to be stern, right? They're they're trying to make the right calls, trying to be stern on make you know making sure no one's cheating or anything like that. But like, don't accuse me of cheating when I I didn't. Yeah. Like you might have thought you saw something, but if I, I told I you know. I got hit, and where I told you I got hit, I was hit, and you called me out. How how was I trying to mislead you? See, I mean, we've all we've all done the. Take one in the loader, switch hands, or take one in the arm, switch hands, put it up against the bunker, and tell them you thought you got clipped in the pack, and they look, and you're clean, and then you take off and run away from them. But at the okay, but at the same time, if 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 it's your job as a ref and you're you are refing, and I as a player feel like I got hit, and I do something like that, I feel like it's the ref's job to find the hit. Right? Yeah. It's like I could point to my face. I could point to my face, even though I got shot in the ankle, and, 
you know, he can come check my face. But if he doesn't look around me and doesn't find a hit, then that's not my problem. Does yeah. that make sense? The danger of it is if you do have a hit on your pack and you do the pull point to your face and then you keep playing and then, oh, there's a hit on your pack. Well, there's obviously you got a minor. Yeah, there's obviously, like... Yeah. The reasons why you, you should be, not do you that. You got to be able to get rid of it if you're going to try it. I'm guess I'm trying to justify. I'm I'm not going to do your job for you. Yeah. Right. And unless they're going to start pulling penalties on, what is it called in uh, in hockey when a player dives? What's it called? Embellishment. Would that be embellishment? Yeah. So unless they pull another penalty for embellishment, like if you're pointing at somewhere else and you're actually hit somewhere else. Yeah. And then they notice it, and you're pointing your face and you're hit in your gooch or something like that, then they, could they call an embellishment penalty? I've seen it in hockey where they've called a trip and an embellishment in the same play. So, yeah, you did get tripped up. You got tripped. But you flopped like and a it's fish. A, and, it's a, and it's a penalty on him for tripping you. Because they, they can't take that away. The trip is the trip. But they call it basically – It's I mean – and. It's so horrible. Like, if you watch sports like basketball basketball and soccer are the two worst sports. When you look at them... I just saw a clip of soccer of a dude, like, soccer, flying backwards. And soccer looked at dudes, him. like, they get, like, their shoestring brushed. And they fall down like they just broke 17 bones out of the 16 that are in their leg. And lay there and flop around like a fish. But then the yellow card comes out and they stand up and let's go. <laughs> They're ready to play again. Yeah. Magically healed. Oh, like Jesus better. walked over and said, you're good, the young one's son. Make it all better and keep playing. And it's it's in basketball is the same way. They flop in basketball nonstop. And so I guess, yeah. So I guess that would be an embellishment call. Trickery. Yeah, that's not A really red flag em- for trickery. It's not really embellishment. Yeah, there's nothing to really embellish in paintball, I suppose. The other thing I noticed at the MSXL event, and they need to address this, is when calling a player out as a body for a penalty that they did not receive. I've seen them too many times. 100%. I think we were talking about this. Running across the field. Running across the field. Player, you're out. Player, you're out. Player, you're out. And then the player goes, nobody's even. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody. Yeah. You're like, uh. What happened to me? And you get mad. In AC. Because you're like. What what you know? What the hell? Yeah. Nobody's shooting at me. You're trying to justify why you're not hit. Yeah, you're like where, where, where? They're but like, they're just get out, get out, get there out. There has to be a call, and it needs to Dude, be. It's the one for like one penalty. hand signal call. Yeah, that's what it has to be. Penalty. You don't even have to call it. If if you come running over at me, and you're doing the one for one, the the pump your uh, fist. fists in yeah. the air, whatever it is. I know exactly what's going on. Somebody else got like, a penalty, right. and I'm not going to be mad at you. Because when the ref runs over and just goes, player, you're out, player, you're out, I'm like, uh, nobody has shot a ball at me yet. Yeah, no, I've been standing up over the top of the corner, shooting everybody in, and then you're calling me out? like, Yeah. And then all you're, all you're doing like, is making the elimination signal? Yeah, that's what they do. They run in making the elimination signal, and that can't be they – they, they need to address that. Because too many times it's an issue. You know, I forgot. I forgot all about that. But I think you and I were talking about that. Yeah. Because it because it, it happened to me in AC, something. and I'm like, a ref ran at me, and he was just calling me out, and I had no idea what for. At MSXL, I saw it a ton. I actually saw it happen one time where a guy did do the one for one, uh, you know, one for one motion. 
Yeah, I was like, pulling it. that needs to. They gotta do something like that. But yeah, it should be addressed. I mean that that could that would kill a lot of the confusion. Yeah, of white players help. getting called out. For sure. So what other what other regional events? Are there other? I don't really think in I'm, Ohio. Not here. So like I know out in California they have the West Coast Paintball Players WCPPL, West Coast Paintball Players League. They have some sort of. They have a few out there. Rather large rotating league. I think it's more like they may not play on the on a like an X ball field. Mm-hmm. They may play, I know. I think I saw some pictures where they were they had a car wash and different things like that. I I think it's five man. But I don't know exactly. Wasn't there like a tri-state tournament series around here with Ohio, Illinois, or Indiana and uh, Michigan? Maybe at one point, but I thought uh, Lone I'm, Wolf was a part of something. Yeah, the NXPL. That's it. What I was talking about, Northern Extreme Paintball League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's there, Flint. It's Lone Wolf uh, crew in Flint, and then they're having an event at Phone Down. <laughs> <laughs> They're having an event at, I think it's called Blast Camp. It's like Hobart, Indiana. It's like it's over by it's northwest Indiana, by Chicago somewhere. We should uh, find some fields in Pennsylvania. Like just start doing a whole series all year and and have it be Pennsylvania. There's fields over Kentucky, there. Kentucky, yeah. Indiana, like Michigan can come too. Unfortunately. <laughs> But yeah, the MSXL was it was it was excellent. Dave did a good job running it. They, I mean, the event went well. They had three had three fields set up. I know Asylum like brought the one they had the, like a brand new field up there. Yeah, and another that yellow field over in the back. But the Dave's turf field worked well, and I think I think it I think it went well. You know, it was Saturday. It was packed. There was tons of teams there, but you had eighteen teams playing D four race to four. So, yeah, yeah I know that. You know, Dave down at Level Up, he is trying to make that an essential area to to have and host an NXL event. And that would be it'd be awesome. That would be very cool. That'd be very cool. I mean, Columbus is you like I'm biased, but I would much rather go to Columbus than Atlantic City, and I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to. Well, and then you'll have the guys over on the East Coast say, "Well, it wasn't that bad, and it's right in my backyard." Kind of a okay. thing, and but I mean it's the same thing. And you go anywhere. I mean, it's, I'm a lot sure of it's people drove to. A lot of people drove to, you know, drove to Atlantic City from here. You could so yeah. you can drive the other way. I wonder where that cutoff point is. Like when when there's a national event, I wonder where that cutoff point of like, that's a little far to drive. I don't think I'm going. You think? Do you think six at seven hours? Six hours? For me, it's more. For me, it's time, not cost. I don't care if I got to buy a $500 ticket to go to Atlantic City and get a rental car. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time to drive there and back. Like, think about it. If we as far as getting off work. Well, I... Thursday, if we would have left right after work and drove there, we would have been there before our flight got there. That was there. a traveling nightmare. But coming back, would you have wanted to leave Atlantic City at 4 o'clock and get back here at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning? What if you rented a car... Drove it out there, and then flew back home. You can do it, but then I mean, you bought a one-way rental and a one-way airplane ticket. You spent as much as just buying a <laughs> round-trip rental and a round-trip airline. I know. I'm just trying to. 
But yeah. then you have the hassle of somebody dropping you off at the airport or paying for parking at the airport. And... Okay, let's say let's say time is not a factor. If time is not a factor, well then I'd how many hours van life it and just you'd van, drive you'd van life it. Yeah, van life. Mike Kerr. Hashtag Mike Kerr. <laughs> Hashtag van life. Uh, there was somebody with a van that made their van life was sweet. It yeah. was like a probably like mid seventies Winnebago, and they were they were just chilling at level up on sunday nice i gotta get down there maybe think of mike i gotta get down there again play some paintball but yeah the msxl we we stepped it up in the finals and ended up taking the taking the championship getting that sweet katana, katana. which is cool it's like a cool i mean I, I, I like getting something that i can take home but get one cool katana for dave to hang up there since he takes care of cleveland imperial well and lets us play out of there and mm-hmm. hooks us up nice so we let him hang it up there at the uh, the, the shop. Yeah, buddy. Because I don't know what else we would do with a katana. Go hack some trees with it or watermelons or something. Somebody probably get hurt if it was in the hands of Cleveland yeah. Imperial. So. I'm looking forward to the uh, Chicago event. I am too. Three and a half hours away. Yeah. Three hours and 40 minutes. That's not bad. No. That's driving distance. That is driving distance. I like it. I can take all the stuff I need to be take paint cooler, drink cooler, cart, Take it all, throw it in a trailer, and take everything. Carbon's gonna have a. Uh, we're gonna have a, a, booth. a booth there. That'd be nice. Very nice. All this stuff is really all this stuff. Very nice. Very nice. I cannot wait to see the carbon uh, booth. Yeah, it's it's so much more convenient when you can drive to an event for sure. Because you can bring everything. I mean, like, and honestly, the three and a half hours isn't gonna. It's gonna suck. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be terrible. I we would probably spend that time. Spend that amount of time. Driving to the airport, waiting at the airport, flying. To I would never wherever, fly to, and then because then you go to the closest airport, you're gonna fly to Midway, and then have to drive an hour from Midway back to the event because the event is almost in Indiana. Like that Gaelic Park is yeah. like Orchard Park, Tinley Park area. It's like very, it's like South Central Eastern Chicago, mm-hmm. pretty much. So I mean, it's not far away. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Hopefully we see something interesting in the layout. I'd like to see. I like the offset wall. It was unique. I don't. For us in Atlantic City, we just we we will be better prepared. That's all I can. We we will prepare better and we'll, we'll play better. We just we couldn't get it together. in yeah. Atlantic City, and it had nothing to do with the layout. I mean, we had some some issues, some issues, but it's that's all right. You learn. I mean, just that's like what happens. We, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be coming back and. You know, gonna be more prepared and put in the work. Yeah, just grind it out. You get an extra, it, like for us, we get layout days like that. It's only on the weekends, but with Labor Day falling, you we actually get a third, a fifth day on the layout if people want to. If they yeah. want to play on Monday, Labor Day Monday, which especially if I'm in Columbus, I'm down to do that. Yeah. So, well, that noise, little one crying, means you got to wrap it up. It's time for food. Time for food. He's hungry. I'm hungry too. I got to go to fire anyway. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for sitting down, talking a little chit-chat with me. Sounds good. Well, this is episode, This is number three for us. For you, yeah. yeah. And me. So yeah. the combination of us both. Combination. It's like a duet. Well, I figure it's a good little, like, catch up on the event, see what the divisional is like. I think people like, like it. And see what the, uh, kind of see where we're at after the event, so. All right, man. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. See yeah. you. Bye. Bye. It's always a great conversation with Mark. You know, we, he always has something to say. I always have something to say, and it's always pretty enlightening. So uh, as far as what he says, what I say, 
probably not so enlightening. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, it's always it's always fun, and you know I can't wait to do more with them. I can't wait to talk about some wins in the future. Maybe after Chicago and after World Cup, he can tell me about all the, all of his divisional wins, and I can tell you him about uh, you know winning Chicago and World Cup. So that that would be great. Um, if you guys are looking me on, looking for me on social media, I am under C Mark Kizzle, uh, on Instagram, and there is also the Playing on Podcast on Instagram, and then on Facebook, look for the Playing on Podcast or myself, Carl Microwave Markowski. And uh, if you guys have any questions, concerns, comments, go ahead and uh, and throw them out out there, and I will respond as quickly and as soon as possible. So again, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, this was a great episode. And I'm not sure who I've left. I think I have um, actually Alex Gray from Uprising. Him and I are going to chit-chat. I don't really know anything about that guy. So this is going to be a completely new conversation. So I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. And uh, we will see you guys next time here on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.